Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Matt. I'm Mel. I'm Jeremy. And yeah, we're actually all on this week. Woo! <laughs> Hooray! It's we literally fuzzy. just got here. We, you literally just got here. Yeah, we, we literally just got here. But uh, I feel we haven't all been together since, what, episode two? Many, yeah. many weeks ago? I can't remember. Uh, and we are joined by two very special guests this week. We've let uh, Robin return from exile to join us for this episode, hey. for episode Woo-hoo. four. And, and, Howdy. And woo indeed for woo. Woo. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. I'm, I'm staying at the, the Avengers facility. It's not my job to watch over Underoos because Happy doesn't want to do it. He's too busy watching Death Day. Don't Abby. Abby. Oh. <laughs> Poor Underoos. He can be he can be in the bar with uh with Daredevil instead, which is all I want to see happen now in Marvel. Please, please Marvel. Yeah, but then I'll get a call from Ami, which I really don't mind because she's really on hardy, so there you go. She's yeah, she is. Marissa Tomai. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Is it yes. Tomai or Tomei? Is it Tomei? Tomai, Tomei. <laughs> you say Tomai, I say Tomei. <laughs> Whatever, she's hot. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with Wu. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Tony keeps telling me. And I've just upgraded to Wu. He called me Kareem Coulson, Coulson for like six months. Oh. Coulson's still officially dead, isn't he? I don't even know. I'm, I'm not. I'd have to ask you, Tammy, because I'm not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, speaking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sort of, look at that awesome segue. I kind of have some news related to it, sort of. Okay. I I read this news yesterday, I know what it is. Oh, uh, oh no, it isn't that news. I, I don't, I, okay. you know, we don't actually do news about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, you know, it's not a Marvel okay. Netflix show. One of the stunt doubles for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who doubled for Ming-Na Wen, Melinda May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and also Chloe Bennett, and is the stunt double for Electra, Lauren Kim is her name. I interviewed her yesterday. Yeah. Uh, she was awesome. She's amazing. And hopefully that will be released soon um, in the next few days. Uh, if you want to listen to another interview I did recently, I interviewed Justin Eaton, who is the stunt double for Stick. Um, and he was a really great guy as well. Both of these interviews, however, do have spoilers for all of Defenders, so if you don't want to be spoiled, wait until the end. Sorry, guys. Um, it's only four more weeks. <laughs> yeah, only four more weeks. We're literally halfway through. Uh, and then today, I had yet another interview with Sarit Klein, who is the makeup artist for Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders, and is currently working on Jessica Jones Season 2. And uh, we had a really good chat. I asked her loads of questions about the makeup process and, um, you know, what kind of goes into it, how they keep continuity with all the wounds and the scars, who is the most fidgety in the makeup chair. Uh, mm. It's it's the guys, by the way. The girls are well-behaved. Yeah. Just like yeah, I Yeah, I, I, I can imagine David Tennant being very, like, uncooperative when he's, like, getting made up. She said he didn't need much makeup. It could have been worse. They could have turned him purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do what all theater actors do. Go to sleep when you have to be made up with all prosthetics and everything. Well, I will yeah. spoil one thing, which I told Tammy earlier, is that apparently when Finn Jones is having his makeup done, he loves his music, so he plays a lot of music, and they basically have a little dance party in the makeup trailer. Is it fresh so clean that's being played? Is it what? <laughs> I, maybe. I don't know. Apparently he just loves yeah. his music. He takes his little portable speakers everywhere. Yeah. So, it's the same iPod too. 
Yeah, exactly. That iPod would have fallen apart by now. Um, well, it's what's the thing with Star Lord? How is that Walkman worked for so long? Sheer willpower. Yes. The power is powered by motherly love. And awesome dance battles. Yeah, exactly. So those three interviews, the one with Sarit and Lauren will be out over the next week, hopefully. Uh, I might stagger them a little bit, um, you know, so you guys have bonus content to listen to. I don't know what other interviews we have coming up, but I've got a few in the pipeline, possibly. And, Spoilers, uh, Kevin, Kevin Feige. Yeah, Kevin Feige is going to tell me all the secrets, yes. all the Marvel secrets, absolutely. Yes. Um, yes. What is actually underneath that cap he always wears? It's just his giant Marvel brain where all the ideas come from. Uh, uh, what else was I saying? Oh, and so also in other news, there was a photo released of um, John Bernthal on the set of The Punisher meeting with the character of Micro, who obviously we haven't met yet, but was mentioned at the end of Daredevil Season 2, uh, which is pretty cool. Micro. You got that little disc that said Micro at the end of Daredevil Season 2. That's oh, a yeah, character. That's right. Is that when he's making his shirt? The iconic one with the skull on it? Uh, I think it was just before that scene at the end of season two. He went into okay. his house and, like, smashed the frame and got a little CD call that said Micro on it. But he was yeah. Micro was also in uh, Punisher Warzone. He was played by Wayne Knight, if you guys remember him in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was playing Micro. Yeah. Uh, and there's also been an animated header that was released... Um, I've not posted it as yet on our on our page, but I probably will. So they're kind of eking out little bits to do with the Punisher, but they still haven't told us a release date. So uh, no idea when it's coming out yet, guys. But there's little what's, bits and pieces coming. What is the next scheduled thing to come out? Punisher. It will be Punisher. Oh, okay. So no, okay, season two. All the puns. Yeah, all the yeah yeah the, the, all the puns yeah. in the Punisher. After after Punisher, it will be Jessica Jones season two, and I'm assuming Luke Cage because we've seen some set photos of that. But I won't spoil it because there are major spoilers in those set photos. Yeah, there's uh they've re- started releasing ones of yeah they're filming Jessica Jones two at the moment. Luke Cage is filming at the same time. Um, so, because I know Sarit said that she had the choice of which show to do, but she chose Jessica Jones because she, that's the character she loves, you know, um, working on the show. And Daredevil season three, I don't think, think they start filming until nearer Christmas. So that will be the yeah. last out. And then they haven't said when they start shooting Iron Fist season four yet. Well, well uh, and this is, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. What happens at the end of The Defenders? You understand why Daredevil and Iron Fist will be last. Yeah, I That's think like, so. Yeah. They all get broken legs? They do. Eh. Yeah. They all, they yeah. Well, Iron Fist and Daredevil at the end of Defenders go on an epic road trip together. So they're going to be away for a while. And then when they get back, you know... Uh, kind of like they do on Community, the NBC show Community. Danny and Danny and Matt going together. Oh, yeah, epic, epic road trip all the way around the world. And then when they get back, they're like refreshed, you know, and ready to carry on. But that's why we have, you know, all those shows in the meantime. So we've got one last piece of news which Tammy has to deliver, which I have hinted at on our Facebook group. Oh, <laughs> which is I didn't know if I was going to deliver it during the episode or what. Well, I mean. Oh, yeah, I can I mean, guys, um, we've we've all suspected for a long time. Obviously, we podcast with Tammy for a long time, Matt and Mel. We've all um, suspected that she's evil for a long time. Yeah. 
and wow. we may have had. I mean, Tammy, you did. Uh, I mean, we did agree that you'd be a Slytherin if you were in Harry Potter. Come on. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Well, I'm, <laughs> a, sl- I'm a Slytherin too. I'm oh, you Slytherin well, you can be evil with Tammy, so that's fine. Yeah, I, was, yes. I, don't, I don't know if I agreed to it so much as you keep telling me, and no. I've not watched Harry Potter, so therefore <laughs> I just agree. I can get away but, with it. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so apparently after watching this episode, um, I have found out that my lineage leads directly to the hand. My ooh, maiden wow. name, my maiden last name is Murakami. And <laughs> so, when, yeah, my, my full maiden name is Tammy Sumiko Murakami, so what? I was like... What the fuck? Who is this guy? I don't know. Him. He's not part of my family. And then I came to accept that I'm just part of the hand. So therefore, you're the great, 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 great granddaughter of one of the founding members of the hand. Yeah. Tammy's serious time. Do you like to kill kill rare bears in your spare time? I, I, well, I was, I was talking to Robin on Twitter today, and I did show him um, a moon bear. Uh, so. <laughs> And I give you the appropriate reaction. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite reaction ever. <laughs> it was a moon bear that you've just killed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. one, that, the one that I'm currently hunting. So. Oh. <laughs> Make sure you get the honey. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> I've got toast here. How can you eat toast without honey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, so if only bears that. were filled with honey. Oh. I'm sure yeah. Winnie the Pooh is. It goes back. They're filled with gummy. Gummy bears. It all goes back around. <laughs> you crack a bear open, it's just gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Bear, yeah. Ooh. They have yeah. lots of time yeah. here. Yeah. Mm, gummy bears. <sighs> yeah, if only that uh, scene was that delicious. Mm. <laughs> they look like a very small bear as well, I'm just going to say. We'll get to that scene anyway. So this week we are covering the episode Royal Dragon, episode four of Defenders. This was written by Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez, so the showrunners, which makes sense, I guess, because it's so dialogue heavy, they probably want the the showrunners doing it. And it was directed by one of my favourite directors, Phil Abraham, who did the first two episodes of Daredevil. Yay! Love that guy. Yay! And the description is, as the defenders get to know each other over dinner, they are greeted by a series of party crashes, none of them friendly. (laughs) I guess they sort of got that right, I guess. Stick is friendly? Yeah. Um, have you have you met Stick? He is not friendly. He, likes he didn't to attack word, anyone. He likes to use the word shit a lot, and he doesn't use it in a very good tone. So yeah. He did call uh, Danny a thundering dumbass. So you know, there's that. Yeah, whoa, but, whoa, 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 quotes. Come on now. We had, we had. By the way, big shout out to Robin. It's been a long time since I've talked to you. So. Hey, I, sh- I will shout right back at you. Hey, Will. Hey, Robin. <laughs> How's everything in Vermont? Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a beautiful sunny day out. There's no wind. A lot of wind uh, and trees. <laughs> uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> Let, let's just get through the podcast before my internet goes out. <laughs> I told you you could power it by the chi. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't this the same restaurant that Luke helps in Luke Cage season one in the early episodes? Or is this a different No, restaurant? this is different. The one in Luke Cage's uh, Connie's. It gets blown oh, okay. up. Yeah, it's Genghis oh, Connie's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, much yeah. bigger. Yeah. This set is amazing. Yeah, I, I have to say. I, I, will, I will say, though, I popped for the pot stickers. I love pot stickers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we open up Royal Dragon. It's just closing up. 
And then all the gang of superheroes burst in and kill the lights. And and Matt goes, where's the shawarma? No, wait, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah wrong, wrong one. Oh, it'd be amazing if they're all in there eating shawarma already. And they're like, get out. This is Avengers place. Yeah. I've been through this once already. We don't need to do this again. <laughs> uh, Jessica's just flat out not having any, you know, not messing around. Just puts the chest of drawers in front of the door. Yeah. I yeah. Love her. I love her. Yeah. And we do. Were you guys happy to see Luke and Jessica get a little moment? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Because look how they ended the last one. I put a shotgun to the guy's jaw and knocked him out. Not the best way to leave a one night stand or one week stand, whatever the hell that was. I reckon Mel- Jessica's been stalking him since then. Sorry, Matt. Mel, could, Mel couldn't remember if. Uh, if got over the whole Jessica killing his wife thing. Yeah. I think as much as you can, I guess. Based with Claire yeah, now, he, so... He, well, yeah. yeah, I think he understood because since he also was mind-controlled by, um... <laughs> I was going to say the doctor. Uh, <laughs> um, then, you know, I think that's how he became okay with it. Yeah. First of all, he's not the doctor. He's Barty Crouch Jr. Um, secondly... He doesn't get that. Yeah. Well, and secondly, and more importantly, we find out in the cage that Luke's wife wasn't like the patron saint that he thought no. she was. Yeah. So now he's like, fuck her, I'm glad you killed my wife. Yeah, yeah. No, I, don't think he's still, I still don't think he would be okay with someone killing her, so. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's all these extenuating circumstances. I love Danny just being, oh yeah, I'm the rich guy, I could just pay for everything, which he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I... I don't get why, like, the restaurant, though, is like, oh, yeah, yeah, pay our rent for the next six months, but also you have to order four of everything off the menu because that's creating more work for them. Why wouldn't they just go, oh, and pay for four of everything on the menu? But they're actually going to make it. Because Asian people are very eccentric. I'm Asian, so I can say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and we we do not like our schedules to be interrupted. When the sign says closed, it damn well means closed. Yeah, but they are closed, <laughs> but they're going to make more food. That's what I don't get. Eccentric, Claire. There's no logic in eccentric people. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh... uh- I just, I just wanted to say, like, um, I was, I, I felt bad for this guy, you know, starting. I was like, this guy, poor guy is just closing his business, and it's just really weird how this scene is set up. Like, they run in as if there's a bunch of people chasing him, yet there's like no like people slamming into the door or anything. Like, why does this place have to be the only place they can go? Why does this guy have to put up with this nonsense? And <laughs> my question is, how much? Were they, like, power walking from that building, from that corporate building to this restaurant? Because it looked like mid-afternoon when this fight happened, and now all of a sudden it's 8 o'clock at night. Like, were they they walking really slowly to to this restaurant? (laughs) They ran all the way to to the Bronx and hid in the Bronx in this Chinese restaurant. And Quicksilver was like, bitch, I was here in 20 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, Matt... Uh, Luke and Danny try to like reason with this guy and Jessica all of a sudden is like I'm tired of trying to explain to him and then yeah. blocks the door like girl you haven't even talked to him yet like, <laughs> you didn't say a word to him but what I love about Jessica other than the obvious of course which I won't mention because it's obvious like she has no time for anyone that's no. what I love about her in this series like she is 
like the most normal person in this entire series. Because that's how... Because that's how a person would react when they are really on the run. Like, they have no time for anybody. They have no time for anyone's feelings. I gotta do this. <laughs> I like the idea that Matt is sniffing out... Ne- like, he's like, I still smell neon. And he's kind of wandering around, like, sniffing it out. Like, nope, turn that bit off, turn that bit off. Yeah. I, I know we're not in the courts, but one of my favorite lines is, How do you hear neon? from Luke. It was actually one of my favorite lines of the interview. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wrote I wrote in my notes this is like the whole getting to know each other part. I mean, uh Danny is like surprised by Jessica's strength. Luke is baffled by the whole neon hearing thing, and then Danny starts speaking Chinese which baffles Jessica. I thought that was it's kind of it was yeah. kind of a fun sequence. And Matt's not these baffled. Guys together. And Matt's not baffled by anything. He just wants to get out of here and go back to his apartment and just start weeping over Electra again. And that's what he does. He, well, he, yeah. he, he broods later by the window. In in his Dread Pirate Roberts Princess Bride cosplay. Let's see yeah. that again. Yeah. <laughs> what did yeah, you guys think? Th- oh, go on, Tammy, sorry. I was just going to say I agree with Robin. Like, I like that they did that because then we don't have to get have a getting-to-know-you scene. Like, this is it. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. as much as they actually need to know about each other. Because, like, I think the writers know that those kind of scenes are very taxing, quite boring for an audience to watch because we've seen so yeah. many of them. Yeah. Also, we know all the characters as an audience, yeah. so we don't need to get to know them again. Um, and even if, you're, even if you're an audience member who hasn't seen the other shows, you will know the characters by now from watching the first three episodes of Defenders. Yeah, and I think that's why they wrote... I, I know there was a lot of flack by the first episode, but that was done for the people that really didn't have time to binge-watch all the other series before this. Mm-hmm. They don't what, deserve what, what this series. <laughs> wow. You, you guys, they need to they need to go through uh, all all that we've gone through in order to enjoy this series. They don't... If they, oh, don't yeah. they should, they should like... I don't know, like a license, like an exam they should take before they watch this. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> Especially saying, Iron uh, Fist. Anyway, I'm I'm not saying Robin's wrong, but I'm just saying I was really busy in like the early part of last month, so I I I could binge watch it like I usually do. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I'd I'd enjoy it more in small little increments. But you've seen you know. it before though, so that's what I'm saying. You have to watch it at least once. Yeah, um, yeah, I see uh, what you're saying. Yeah. No, I just enjoyed. I mean, I I was really happy to uh, reserve. I always reserve the fourth episode, or whatever you guys are doing. Um, ever since I haven't been on the podcast, and you know, I was because really excited. A new hope? Because it will be a new hope. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and uh, I I was just uh, uh, excited to hear that. Um, this is the I I reserved the episode where they all chit chat in a restaurant. So <laughs> so yeah. that's, that was exciting. I was disappointed because I wanted the last episode, but after seeing what happens in this one and in the fifth episode, I'm kind of glad that I got this. Because it really does set the foundation for where the series is going to go, and that's not a spoiler. But yeah, I, w- I, I love- would assume so, because they're finally together, so... Yeah, I love how, I love how like, Matt is just so ready to get out of there, and he, like, Jessica's already figured out everything, even though she hasn't really figured out everything verbally. Like, she knows that he's Daredevil. My favorite thing in this early teaser is, and we saw this in the trailers, too, are those pork? No, that's shrimp. This guy's got pork. Oh, <laughs> Daddy's like, oh, good. Hey, quotes! Yeah, no oh, quotes. Sorry, sorry. Hey, I'm a rookie. 
So I, I like that we find out from that that um, Danny looked genuinely um, disappointed that it's it's uh, not shrimp or it's not pork or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah. it's like, oh. Um, what did you guys think of? Because we've obviously commented before on like all the colours used in the individual scenes with the defenders, and in this restaurant we've got all four colours, which is quite cool. Yeah. When they're sitting at the yeah. table, you've got the colours showing behind them, like for the each defender. But one of yeah. the um, the details that I thought was cool that uh, Lauren Weeks actually tweeted out this week is when they're sitting at the table. If you look at the walls behind Danny and Luke. Behind Danny um, is a big mural of a dragon, which obviously suits Danny. And behind Luke is a big mural of um, the Great Wall of China, I guess, because he's a great wall of a man. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Matt, what do you think about Matt in this scene, or in these scenes? Because he is really doesn't want to obviously show his face, and he flat out lies to them all that he doesn't know Electra. Yeah. Well, I was wondering how many of them are good at telling if people are lying i'm sure jessica is uh yeah and yeah why he was hiding his face i'm not sure because jessica already knew who he was and she could just tell them after he left anyways like i think it's a bit naive of matt to not think oh she knows i'm a blind guy who can run around and do all this stuff there's no way she'll not guess that i'm the devil of hell's kitchen it's like matt really uh, well, I think Matt's in, still in this thing of, I'm not Daredevil anymore, no, and, and I'm not trying to be, and that's not who I am anymore. But, as we've seen in the comics, from a certain, from a certain wall crawling protege, and I'll mention this later, you're a part of this whether you want to be, and that's what everybody kind of figures out. Whether you, whether you want to be in this or you don't want to be in this, you're in this whether you like it or not. Yeah. And that's like a Marvel staple. When Luke demands that Matt takes off the mask and Luke, uh, Matt says, you're not going to like where this is heading, did anyone else think that he was going to take off the mask and just be, like, super ugly or something? Luke was going to be like, my eyes! Because <laughs> I was like, what do you want about Matt? <laughs> no, I, he didn't. He assumed they were going to fight each other and you're not going to... He was telling Luke, like, you know, if you keep pushing it, I'm going to beat you up, basically. Yeah. But he doesn't know that Luke, you know, would just brush all that off. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know that Luke has. Well, I get it. Yeah, I guess he probably doesn't know that much because they didn't. He didn't actually, you know, quote unquote, see Luke fighting. I guess that much in the office scene because he was mostly fighting Electra for all that time. I think he got there after Luke absorbed all those bullets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I don't yeah. think people actually know like Jessica Jones's last name or Luke's last name because they only know their first names. Like no one, like everybody doesn't know everything about everybody. Yeah, so I don't know if Luke could. I mean, I don't know if Matt would be able to hear Luke absorbing bullets. Like, would, I wonder if he would realize it's like Luke can absorb bullets like that. Or, or, I'd say absorb, but you know what I'm saying. Like, whatever, rip yeah. it off or whatever. Yeah. Because would he just think it's hitting something else? Like, would he realize that it's hitting Luke? He'd probably hear it, um, the bullets hitting the floor and be able to tell the difference between, like, a spent, yeah. you know, a shell okay. case and a bullet. Yeah, but I think he's too. I think he's too blown away that the fact that the girlfriend that he lost came back. Yeah, which is, of, of course. course. Yeah, I think he's more concerned with that. Um, I I like how the other scenes in this really feels <coughs> like Nelson v. Murdoch from season one of Daredevil. That there really is like two separate scenes that don't really cross over into like the very end of the episode. I like the progression with the hand in relation to everything that's going on at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
in the next scene, we've got Electra in front of the mirror, and she's looking at her scars in her stomach, which obviously we know where she's got an from. Audi. She yeah. has got an Audi. I noticed that as well. And three <laughs> innies. It's such a strange belly button. I was like, kind of, because I find Audis disturbing as it is. <laughs> and uh, I found her belly button especially disturbing because it's an Inioti. It's both. Yeah. yeah. Well, well if you guys brought it up and not me, I was going to feel bad if I. Well, Matt, I, I find you because you have an Audi, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh, dude. You got to get that taken care of. Welcome to the, welcome to the Defenders like podcast. My, Our topic is about belly buttons. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's not like a moon crater like hers, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, uh, a sidebar moment here, and this is no disrespect to Elodie Young. Um, She was up for playing Wonder Woman in Patty Jenkins' film. After seeing the scene, like, I'm sorry, you're too, you're way too small to be Wonder Woman. No oh, offense. I think she would have bumped up for Wonder Woman like, uh, yeah. but, like the actress who Wonder Woman did. I'm just saying, in her current state, there's no way anyone would believe her as Wonder Woman. Like, no disrespect to her, I'm just saying, like, I don't think that would have worked. But moving on. Okay. Um, well, what do you think about this weird relationship between Alexandra and Elektra? I think of the relationship, uh, well, I think it's totally manipulative. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say something about this scene because I think <laughs> I'll spoil something. For, because Thank you. I think, don't spoil I think anything. In, I, th- I think in future episodes, they, Alexandra explains to Electra why she cares about the black sky so much. But I don't think it's in this episode. Yes, I know it's not. It's like in the episode after. I think it's... Th- no, this bit is just where she says, um, don't forget who brought us back. But obviously, we don't get... Um, we don't know who they're on about. So, um, back at the Royal Dragon, this is when Luke and Danny are questioning Matt about being Daredevil. Um, and they, they obviously don't think he's Daredevil because Daredevil's been, you know, out of action for a while. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, there is no, like, there is no, like, mentionable timeline of when the events of that rooftop and when this happens, correct? So we're thinking about a good six months at least? Um, probably. I don't think they say for sure. Maybe at some point Danny and Colleen mention how long, um, you know, they, uh, They've been in, you know, searching for the hand, but I, I can't remember. Um, but I don't know. I would say a few, yeah, probably about six months. Yeah, but, but by episode one, it seems that Matt's moved on with his life. So I would say about a good six months. Yeah. Because he is trying to move on with his, like, civilian life, so to speak. Yeah. Luke wants to bring in Misty. And I heard, you know, Matt from Canada, I heard you, Matt, go, yes! Because I know you <laughs> love Misty. Yeah, I'm hoping... That they can, uh, Misty and Colleen can like join the defenders, but they probably yes. they won't. I know, but I want them to. <laughs> Just for you, really, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and here's a fir- and here's a first no clear temple at all in this episode. Yes, so, like this is the first th- time in this series anyway that we don't see a clear temple at all. Because I think she was in all three episodes before. Yeah. Because they can't fit in Claire Temple with the chemistry that Luke and Jessica have in this episode. There's yeah. no room for the lack of chemistry that Luke and Claire have. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that coffee, we'll talk though. About that later. I love how so gung-ho Danny is about like, forming, a, forming a team. And I think it's because like he, it's finally starting to realize he can't do this with just him and Colleen. Which I which I like. 
Danny is all about the super team in this in this episode. And oh, like yeah. like that is one thing we have to, you know, is great is that he is all up for for teaming together. Uh, maybe it's because he's just met his BFF forever and ever and ever, Luke Cage, and there's little, no. and there's little hearts. Exactly, yeah. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> there is a moment later when he offers Luke the last dumpling or whatever it is, and Luke eats it. And Danny, if they like pause on Danny for like a good ten seconds, and he's just kind of like looking all shy and laughing to himself, and I was like, it looks like he's, <laughs> it looks like he's on a date. Like he's so in love. I it's loved amazing. it. I loved it. It was Me like too. a romance. It's well, so I romance. Th- it's great. I think it has to do also in, in they didn't really explore this much in Iron Fist. Coming coming from a broken home, like Danny didn't, like I did, like, you yearn for a family to replace the one you lost. So any kind of, like, kinship, even if it's, if it's not based on the strongest ground, you're going to go towards it. And I, and I did like the dumpling scene, because that's what two best friends, two brothers would do. Like, mm-hmm. like he would offer it first. And you can tell, like, the obvious chemistry between... Um, Mike Coulter and Finn Jones, like, yeah. off the charts. Yeah, they're adorable together. I mean, all, all four of the Defenders come from broken homes anyway, so, you know, none of them have a real family. They've replaced their families with these people around them, so it makes sense that they're all, you know, this would become their family. It's like Fast and Furious, it's, isn't it, Tammy? It's all about family. Exactly, it's all about family. <laughs> and answer my favourite character in... Probably all of Marvel that isn't a superhero, Mr. Stick. Scott Glenn, I love you. You are like, except for Chris Evans, you are like the perfect manifestation from comic page to live action. Like, it's scary how accurate it is. And if you want to hear how badass Scott Glenn is in real life, honestly, listen to the interview of Justin Eaton where he talks about some of the stuff Scott Glenn does. It's amazing. He's a real life badass. Yeah. So, yeah, and obviously Matt is none too pleased to hear Stick approaching. Yeah. I love I love how there's this, there's talk of being rational. Like, let's get let's be rational. Uh, you know, it, like, this is way too crazy. And then all of a sudden, a bloody old man with a recently lopped off hand and a large samurai sword walks in. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. That's the start of the joke. Yeah, but you have to remember, yeah. this is also New York City. Like, you, you see some pretty odd things. I mean, living in Los Angeles, like, I see some pretty odd things that anywhere else people will be, like, shocked by. But here, it's just Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I live in I live in London and yeah, there's crazy stuff all the time. But also, like in this New York, nobody blinks an eyelid if they see um, uh, Colleen walking down the street with her samurai sword, which I'm pretty sure you can't just wander around with. <laughs> well, well, with cosplay being what it is today, people think it probably think it's fake. They don't think it's real. They think it's probably something just for like a costume. I'm pretty sure we we saw a guy with a samurai sword in Epcot, didn't we, Tammy? Wandering around one of the the shops, I, I, I think. I was going to say, I, I don't want to, like, top everybody that's from other cities, but I'm from the state of Florida where the craziest <laughs> shit happens, so I don't know. I feel like I got everybody on that one. I've, I've definitely yes. seen some of the craziest things in my life when I've been in Florida. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but, any, but anyway, like, Daddy's stick comes back and Maddie's and then she please. Mm-hmm. And why would he? In the next scene, uh, Tammy's great-great-great-great-grandpa... Is carving up his his bear, uh, moon bear. Insanity! I saw that and I was like, "Who is this guy?" 
I'm talking looks, about our family reunion. <laughs> it looks like it could be one of my dad's drinking buddies, to be quite honest yeah, with you. Nice. Yeah. So this is a new character, um, Murakami, who we hear about yeah. a bit later. Now, I don't know what you guys think, but <laughs> we find out that he is kind of the guy behind Nobu. Do you, don't you guys wish that this was Nobu? Yeah. No. No. Because no. <laughs> I'm just kind of ahead, but it stop me if anybody thinks I'm wrong. But for ways the ways I'll stop you right now. Oh, the way okay. Stick describes it is Alexandria handles like the upfront business business of the hand and make it seem all legit. Gal is the one that produces the drugs to keep the underworld stuff going. Um, so Wande moves the drugs and the weapons, and Bakudo trains the soldiers like he, he did Colleen and all of his other underlings, and Rokami, he handles the business that no one else wants, wants to handle. But I feel like Nobu could have done that as well, because he, to me, he's a very similar character to Nobu, and I feel like the only reason this isn't Nobu is because they killed Nobu at the end of Daredevil Season 2 by chopping his head off, and from the rules of the series, they can't go back on that. But if this was yeah. Nobu, I, I, I would be, I think that would be really cool, because he would, to, he would, there'd be a more personal beef between him and Daredevil then, because he'd be like, oh yeah, you're the asshole that set me on fire and killed me, you know, for whatever time. I just think it would have been much more... Rather than introducing two new brand new characters or three new brand brand new characters we'd never seen before in Alexandra, Sawande and Murakami, it would have been great if we when we found out about these members of the hand, Bakuto we'd already seen already, already obviously. Yeah. Madame Gao we'd already seen. And then Nobu we'd already seen, and then it's only two new people. It just feels like too many new characters when this guy could have been Nobu. Um, I think I, it has something to do with the fact that maybe that performer that played Nobu was unavailable. Cause it, it might I be. Don't, I, don't, I don't think they established the rule. Yeah, well, they don't establish it until this Iron Fist in the series that if, you, if you're cremated or have your head chopped off, you're not coming back. Well, one of the things I messaged um, Peter Shinkoda about with this, friend of the show, Peter Shinkoda, shout out, um, was that... Um, I, I said that I would have rather Nobu had been in this than Nobu's boss. And his reply was something like, Nobu has no boss. That's the way I played it anyway. And I was like, yeah, 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 Pete. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, um, I really would like to know how they shot this scene because I'm assuming this, the actor who plays Murakami really can't speak English all that well. So I'm wondering how, like, did they have like a, like a script supervisor? Sing the word in English and they just edited it around then. I'm assuming that's how they did it. Um, I don't know. They probably, I mean, I, I imagine he could speak English. I don't see why not. So he could take direction and stuff. And they probably recorded Sigourney Weaver. I mean, she doesn't speak Japanese. Or does she speak a bit of Japanese in this scene? They probably did it yeah, the same way that, um, that, uh, that Kingpin did it in um, Daredevil Season 1, you know, with uh, uh, when Fisk is speaking with Madame Gao. And they just had an earpiece in his ear. And then they would say the line to him and he would repeat it phonetically. I think that's yeah, what they did. I, yeah, because it's not like she has a lot of lines. I think mm -hmm. she just really ends the scene in Japanese. Um, and it, it's funny because there is a lot of, like, where he's speaking in Japanese and she's replying back to him in English. And that reminds, like, my grandmother, not on my Japanese side, but on my Latin side, 
that's how her and I communicate. She speaks to me in Spanish. I speak to her in English. Mm. So when people listen to our conversations, they're kind of like, why don't you just speak Spanish? Or why doesn't she just speak English? I'm like, because that's, friends not, would, my that's friends would, not easy oh, for us. Mm-hmm. My friends would always just mess people, mess people just for that reason. Like, yeah. they'd like this long thing in Japanese or Spanish, and then the response would be, well, yeah, if I thought of that, I wouldn't have asked you, would I? Yeah. Like, this long, rambling sentence in Japanese, and like, oh, yeah, I, I wish I thought of that, just to mess with people. Yeah. So, Tammy, this is something that actually happens? Like, because it was really odd to me, too. No, no, that's that's exactly how my grandmother and I communicate. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Yeah. yeah, because it's easier for me to, like, I can understand Spanish fine, which then freaks people out because I don't speak it. So if mm-hmm. someone's around me and they speak Spanish, I understand what they're saying. So, you know, they kind of freak out when I respond to them in English because I do. But, um, yeah, and she understands English fine it's just she it's harder for her to speak English and she's spoken English before she's been in the state since like uh the late 50s early 60s um but that's you know but so she had to speak English at work when she you know she worked but after she retired and she's like 80 something years old now like after she retired there's been no need for her to speak English Mm -hmm. because her whole family's Spanish well, like, my father immigrated to this country around the same time from South Korea. He yeah. his, he chooses to speak Korean. Like, much like yeah, if, you go up to, exactly. if you go up to Montreal, Canada, you'll, you'll hear people speak English French, but they choose to speak Canadian French. Just a thing that, it's just a thing that happens. It's, it's yeah. easier. Like, I, my mom swears that if, I, if a gun were to my head, I could speak Spanish. It's possible. I don't know. I've not had a gun put to my head where someone needs me to speak Spanish. But yeah. it's also a comp- it's, it's a different um, area of the brain as well that deals exactly. with speaking a language and hearing it. Because yeah. um, I mean, like I, I studied uh, French and uh, Japanese for a short time, and I can understand more than I can speak it. But it's yeah. um, it is a different part of the brain because when people have strokes and they have conditions like aphasia, it can affect people. Um, ability to speak, but they can perfectly yeah. understand what they're hearing. I mean, that is obviously yeah, in their language, their own language, but it's a you know, it's a separate part of the brain. It's not necessarily linked. Yeah. So yes, yeah. Robin, that that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's- um, also, guys, I will confirm. I have been to Tammy's house, and above her door there is the motto: "Together we serve life itself." Um, <laughs> I didn't think much of it at the time, but yeah. now it all makes sense. <laughs> I was going to say, when you visited, did you walk in and she was like Tywin Lannister there carving up a bear? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was weird, but I was like, well, it's, it's Florida. I mean, anything goes in Florida. That's true. <laughs> but, but the way, the, do we go back to the Chinese restaurant after the, the bear carvings? No, we go no, we to, go to the weapon bill. room. Oh, in Sawande's there. <laughs> yeah. So we go to, Electra goes back into her weapon room, and the one oh. we saw last episode and she's drawn to the size a bit more this time, so we're like, oh, does she remember? Mm. And then uh, so one day enters. If, if, if I may, Claire. Mm-hmm. How you may not. can you see into my eyes like open door? I was waiting for sandbags to drop. I was like, let's fucking do this. Oh. Or I was thinking of Adele's hel- hello in the previous episode when, when he, when Electra saw Matt again, it's like, hello? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh 
I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> I think we, we were all happy with the fact that it was quite understated in that last episode. I think I actually spoke to Lauren about that as well. There's a music video waiting to happen, but Sawande challenges Electra, and I'm, I'm thinking when I ever see Sawande, it's like, wow, are you always confused for will I am? And also, you must hate ketchup, because you always wear white suits. <laughs> ketchup just is his nemesis. Yeah, just imagine, because I get you to get cheeseburger, it's like, ah! Um, Wu, we said, we said no spoilers for the end of the series, and now these guys know that they take him down by pouring ketchup on him. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I thought you were going to say that we we knew he, they were taken down by Will I Am. <laughs> yes, he appears. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little pissed so I was I watching this after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, no white. What is he doing? Day. What is he doing wearing white? Yeah, but is it, is it established that Electra killed these guys or just hurt them really bad? Because you can't really tell. Well, you hear it's one the of their bones snap, so I think she just, yeah. I don't know if she killed them or not, but. You know. Yeah, because she killed, like, well, the guy at least. Mm-hmm. Well, bones snap all the time in this like Marvel Street level universe, so that's the big news. So back in the Royal Dragon, um, Danny guesses that Stick is from the the chase, um, and then Stick bows to Danny, and we find out that the chase is Danny's army. Well, they were, except they're all dead, <laughs> apart from Stick. So yeah. Danny has an army of one one armed old man. Does that mean Stone is dead? Oh, Stone is dead. I'm sorry, Matt. Stone is dead. Shaft is dead. Uh, I, I can't remember that. the rest of their names. There are some others. I have to ask Claire something. Is this retcon from Stick's actual origin? Because I don't think he had anything to do with Iron Fist before no, this series. No, the, the, no, it didn't have, the hand didn't have anything to do with Kunlun. Um, you know, they've combined Daredevil and Iron Fist mythology. Which I like, because I think that makes sense, you know, rather than Daredevil fighting one mysterious ninja cult and Iron Fist fighting another mysterious ninja cult. Let's combine our ninja cults. Yeah, because, correct me if I'm wrong, the chase is from the comics. The chase is from the comics, yeah. The chase is the the opposite of the hand, the ones that fight the hand. So Stick is the leader of the chase, yeah. I've got a question about the hand, guys. Okay, so we find out that... They are, these five people are the five fingers of the hand. Which one yeah. is the thumb? Um, who's got the... It's got like, to be Gal. Would, would it be Alexandra? Because they're all under her thumb. Because she's the boss. Uh, I, thought, uh, I thought it was Makudo because he seems to be someone who would give a thumbs up. Who's got the most square head? Ooh. Um... That's that's more common if you really want to, if you really want to like like uh, like you know nitpick at this, but I would call Marikame the pinky just because like like Stick City is the most elusive. You know, use guess. your pinkies for much. I think Gal would be which, the middle which? finger because she would give the oh, finger. Oh, she definitely yeah. middle finger. Maybe Alexandra would be like point the pointer because like she's telling everyone what to do and she like just points people and say you do that you okay. do that. Which finger is the most strangely dressed? That would be the one that's Alexandra. Uh, any any uh-huh. finger with a wedding ring on it, I say. So that can be yeah. Alexandra. There you go, the wedding finger. And Beyonce, if you're listening to this, there's a remix of put a put a ring on it, just waiting to happen because of oh. what I just said. Yeah, Beyonce dancing with Gal, I'd see that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, so this is where Stick destroys Danny's phone, and um, because he totally followed Danny because Danny called Colleen, um, and 
this is where Stick says his usual thing that he says to Matt, which is about not having personal ties to people because, you know, it leads to trouble. And then he says, I need some help. And Matt laughs in his face. Matt will never get over the fact that Stick will never acknowledge, acknowledge that Stick wants to be his dad. Like, th- that's where all this stems from. I'll never forget, get over that l- little paper, the little paper ice cream cone. Thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> all this, I mean, strip away everything, it all go- goes back to that. Yeah, he'll never get over the fact that Stick crushed the little ice cream bracelet that he made, that Matt made for him. <laughs> and I'm being serious, as something as that sounds, that is why, like, Matt will never trust Stick. Because, like, Stick wants a warrior. Matt just, just wanted another dad, as yeah. sad as that sounds. No, he does, yeah. Matt has Matt has major daddy issues. Um, yeah. yeah. So we find out as well that the hand caused Pompeii at Chernobyl, and they're doing it again in New York City, um, yeah. which is pretty scary. And this is when Jess has had enough and goes to leave, but Luke tries to stop her. And he's like, no, I love you. Forget Claire Temple. Except, well, that's what I heard anyway. That's what I heard. I love. I loved it when Stick tries to like, like call, her, like tell her, tell Jessica off, and Jessica does the most Jessica thing where she just looks at him and just walks away. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's good at yeah. doing daggers with her eyes, like she does to Electra at the end. Yeah. I knew and somebody would ruin this whole uh, get together moment we were having that I was enjoying. I was glad she came back in the end, even though it was the end of the episode and we didn't get to see anything. Yeah. Well, hopefully they set it up for another fight at the end of the episode, so we'll see what happens. I love this from Kristen Ritter in this series, that like, even though she, we hear what she's saying, her eyes tell the story of she really she really wants to help people, but she really also wants to just drink in her office and be left alone. I love that from Kristen Ritter. I think she's very underrated in terms of her performance, just... Like, even in the scene in the alley with Luke, you can tell she's torn, but she does a good job of denying it. Yeah, well, I, I think it's one of those, like, I, and maybe I'm speaking, like, personally, but, like, Claire, you might get this, too. If someone who has depression mm-hmm. feels that the best way to help other people is to not be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Definitely. And so, like, a lot of times when I'm watching her scenes and she's running away, she wants to help people and she knows that she can on, like, some level. But on a deeper level, she feels that, like, if she's there, it's worse off for those people. Something Mm -hmm. terrible. She's bringing something terrible to their lives. Because even, like, the when she goes and sees that mom, I think it was last episode, where she goes and sees the mom again and, and the daughter, she's she's there because she felt like she screwed up. It was her fault that their dad killed themselves, even though she's saying one thing. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Chris Ritter's acting and the portrayal she's giving off. And I think that character feels something completely different. Yeah. And let's not for, and let's not forget. She was sexually abused by, by Kilgrave. Like, well, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not, like I said, this is my voicemail last week. That's not something that you could just like, even though no. he's dead, dead, quote unquote, that's not something you can just walk away from. Yeah. Yeah. So Jessica does leave. Um, obviously we're just left with the boys then, and they're going to just try and decide to make a, a plan. Um, I like that, that Stick and Danny are both complimenting Matt's fighting, and Stick really compliments Matt 
Um, and Stick says they have a lot to learn from each other. Uh, and I was like, yes, yes. One day, Danny, you will learn to be a grown-up dog and not just a puppy. Aww. Growing slowly, he's he's becoming a he's becoming a doggy and not a puppy. Uh, I was annoyed by Matt in this episode. He's very whiny. He's him him and Iron Fist are just whiny douches. Yep. (laughs) But but Matt's Matt Murdock is whiny, but at least he's not whiny for he's whiny, but for a good reason. Like that's why I give him a pass. Like. I understand. I understand why you don't want. Like I said earlier, I understand why you don't want to get in this. But you're in this whether you want to be or not. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna say something, guys. I mean, uh, so far Matt is the only character, the only defender that hasn't won an episode. I don't think he's gonna be winning this one either. <laughs> no. Breaks my heart, but yeah, I agree. He's a bit. He is a bit whiny in this episode. I just yeah. think the funniest thing about this is that. It's- Two, the two white guys that are in the Defenders are the whiny ones, and the black guy <laughs> and the woman are not really complaining that much, you know? Like, what the hell? <laughs> they're the ones that should compl- be complaining about stuff, but they're not, so... What, what I love about this exp- uh, like exposition scene is if you go if you go back to, way back to Daredevil Season 1 to, the, to what Nobu and Gao are actually doing with Fisk, uh, without Fisk's knowledge, you understand, and this ties in at the end of the uh, at the end of the season. I won't get into too deeply, but it all makes sense when everything is tied up. You understand what they're actually mm-hmm. doing all the time. Yeah, getting getting their the mission that the hand's been trying to do since Daredevil season one off the ground. Yep. Yeah. We yeah we may we may find out. Uh, yeah. So in the next scene, we go to Alexandra, and she is being dressed in this dark silver dress. I, I want to know what you guys think of this dress because I look like I thought it looked a bit yeah. like baking foil. It's um, like a super villain dress. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it might just be me. I don't get the whole foil dress look, metallic dress thing. You know, I just the I don't get that look. The, the wealthy think differently when it comes to clothes. Let's be honest. That's true, and I mean, all of, all of her clothes are sort of white or silver. That's kind of her colour scheme. Mm. I love the colour, though, because it really fits her character, because she never, she never goes, like, full villain-villain. <laughs> like, she is, like, that colour. She is very grey. Mm-hmm. So, like, I yeah. love her bracelet so much. Oh, my oh God. I didn't notice. Is this the same bracelet, uh, Tammy, that you said that you no, liked? No, it's not the same one, but it's very similar. It's this big cuff, and it's all, like, silver chain. Uh, excuse me? A big cuff. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did you what I did the white guy blinking said? gift just for a second there. <laughs> what did you think she said, Robin? God, <laughs> That's what I saw when you said that, so there we go. <laughs> I want to go back to some jewelry talk. No, no go, go oh, back yeah. to jewelry talk. Go on. Yeah. Jewelry yeah. talk. This is a new segment. Um, okay. <laughs> I love the what? I said it's my favorite. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> um, I love the earrings that she was wearing earlier. They had like a little like blue pearly thing in in them, like little golden ear. I thought they were really pretty. I was like, oh, I like those. <laughs> I did. I did tell Stephanie Maslansky that we were big fans of Alexandra's jewelry, which she was very yeah. happy to hear. Yeah, but this dress—I mean, it looks like it was made out of the out of Superman's bed sheets. You ever seen? You seen Superman too? Everybody has. Yeah, uh, the, the that, that silver cut, the bed. Le- the Lester cut, not the Donner cut, by the way. Sure, either one. <laughs> <laughs> the bed sheets were in both. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway. I'm assuming. I'm assuming she's going to another private opera. Which, I, which by the way, if I had the money, I would totally like hire like like an orchestra to just play my favorite songs. I would totally do that if I had the money. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, also we see in her office. I mean, we see how ridiculously rich she is. She's got an actual uh, Botticelli in her office. The painting. I was wondering if you knew anything about this painting. It's Botticelli. Uh, okay. I can't remember what, what, what it's. What oh, it's like I can't remember. Venus, what it's called. It's like, like Venus. Venus, Venus right? Something. Yeah, it's the the iconic image of Venus rising from the. Well, not it's um. She's being born. Uh, she's being born out of the waves. Is it yeah. called Venus or is it her? I know it's Venus. Roman name, because obviously you've got the Greek or the Roman. Um, I can't remember, but it's it's basically her being born uh, out of the seashell. What, what significance that plays in the scene? Uh, it could be like being reborn. Um, you know, it's the goddess of beauty and love. Um. You like it could be tied in with youth, I guess. Uh, we you know we find out the hand just wants immortality and life. Their motto is about life, so I I guess it's kind of tied in with that. One of the things, like I mean, talking about that painting as well on the on her desk, because obviously in this scene, uh, Alexandra's kind of you know getting worse and everything. But I like the fact that there's a little mirror on her desk, and it just made me think. Again, it's all tied in with like beauty and youth and stuff. But also Sigourney Weaver played the. Um, the Wicked Witch in a retelling of Snow White. And it just made me think of her yeah. in that role as well, because it's that being obsessed with youth and beauty, you know, that kind of thing. So I like to think they put that, you know, as a kind of uh, almost a little nod to Snow White. I need to chuck some apples in there somewhere. In the next scene, Jessica arrives home and uh, goes in straight away, has a drink, and then looks at all of her photos from the Hall of Records and then goes, hang on a sec. This is all the same handwriting. Yeah. Hey. Hey. All the A's. She was deleting them, though, wasn't she? Yes. I think so, yeah. But then she noticed yeah. the handwriting, luckily, before she deleted them all. Mm. And by the way, if you're not paying attention to it, changing your signature is actually something very hard to do yeah. once you have a signature down. So, And, of course, no one would pick up on, like, it's the same signature either. Anyway. Unless you're a pretender. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, unless you're, like, really paying attention, like, people don't pay attention to their signature. They really don't. My signature looks like a UFO, my sister says. <laughs> it's basically a little squiggle that looks like a UFO. And by the way, that's, like, the those are, like, the cleanest signatures I've ever seen. She must have got, oh, like, yeah. an A-plus plus in penmanship. Because most people's signatures... You can't tell, unless no. you're the one writing it, you can't tell what that says. Yeah, it's it's really very clean, and, like, it's so obvious that it's the same signature. It's like, I don't know if you had to be a detective to figure it out that it's the same signature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, back in the Royal Dragon, Stick. this is when Stick is talking about the war, and we find out the backstory of the Hand. So, the elders of Kunlun gathered to study the harnessing of Chi to heal, which obviously we've seen Danny do before. Five heretics wanted immortality and they were banished and they became the five fingers of the hand. Gao, Sawande, Bakutu, Bakuto, Bakuto, Alexandra, and... Oh, I forgot one. Who's the other one? Murakami. Uh, Murakami, yeah. yeah. Um, when uh, Stick finds out that Bakuto is dead, he's, he's happy for the first time ever. <laughs> as happy as that guy could get. <laughs> exactly. It does, it does a little smile. I don't believe Bakudo's dead, but yeah. <laughs> Why don't you think he's dead, Tammy? I mean, 
We oh, didn't. We uh, his body disappeared. He's got unfinished business with Colleen. I mean, of course he's and dead. It, and and we've skipped. Chopped off. So. <laughs> yeah. And we skipped over something that Med said in the Med Murdoch said in the teaser about the difference between terrorists and these guys. These guys don't want to necessarily take over the world. They just want control over it. Mm-hmm, it's a yeah. subtle difference, but like even in their saying, and I, I didn't realize this until I we watched this episode. They want to stay alive because, like a lot of other people, if you could avoid death to to experience more, you would. No, no, I think immortality like, oh. is is awful. Like whenever I see but, people who want immortality, in like me and Brad get into debates about this because he thinks immortality would be great. I see immortality in something, and I I never get why people would want it. I I, I, I mostly agree with you, Claire. Uh, except like, I'd want like a much expanded lifespan. But mm-hmm. yeah, like the concept of forever immortality, like you know, infinity, basically, like outlive the Earth itself and stuff. Like yeah, you'd run out of shit to do, and you'd go insane with boredom. <laughs> if you had a much expanded, oh sorry, go on with. I don't think it's more. I I think it's less about immortality and more about controlling one's life. When you don't necessarily have to worry about dying, you have you have a control of your life. No, I I disagree. I think if you if you have no worry about um, uh, dying, I feel that then life becomes meaningless. Now there's so much TV to watch. Yeah, but also you have to think as well. If you wanted to live, like Matt was saying, you wanted a long life. You would have to then take into account things like it's like the whole, whole thing of if you had one wish, if you wish for a very long life, you'd also have to wish for good health because it mm-hmm. could just be that you continue aging, um, mm-hmm. you know, oh. which you obviously want. You wouldn't want. You'd want to be able to enjoy your life. So I just think I, it would make it would make it meaningless after a while. By, by the time you're like year ten thousand, you're just a puddle on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I also think as well, like like if you if you live lived forever. Sorry, I'm thinking about this now. If you had immortality, I imagine like I, I can just imagine there being a loss of empathy with that kind of thing, because we we empathize with other people because we're all in the same situation and life is short. You know, I think yeah. that's a big part of of living. This is just me thinking, but I but think you wouldn't care yeah. about it then. And I. <laughs> Yeah, but exactly. You would have a lack of empathy. <laughs> but to Claire, but you would have, that wouldn't bother you. <laughs> but to Claire's point, I think that's why the the original elders of Kunlun banished the hand because you don't have a they don't have a respect for life. They just want control of mm-hmm. exactly. You want yeah. control. Of, it's a it's like a bad relationship. If you you say you love somebody, but what you really what you really mean, you want to control this. Yeah, I mean it's like like me and Tammy and um. Brad and Mel. I mean, I, I love them, but really, I just control them. <laughs> wow. I'll, I'll let you know what the other four fingers of the hand say about that. <laughs> Notice no, no, how Tammy didn't deny anything that Claire was just saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm just saying. She knows where it's at. Um, <laughs> I, I, could I get this cleared up, though? I mean, it, this is the first time I've actually thought about the actual name, the Immortal Iron Fist. I was like, um, so is Danny Rand actually immortal? No, the Immortal the Iron, Iron Fist, Fist is, is the Iron yeah. Fist is immortal, so it's a, a title that is passed down through history. Most Iron Fists don't um, don't uh, get past their thirty third birthday for reasons in the comics. Um, uh, so it's a title that's passed down. So the title is immortal, but uh, Danny Rand is not. 
It's like the engine one or the Black Panther. It's something that's either passed down or you have to earn. Mm-hmm. Was was Jesus an Iron Fist? Because did he die thirty three? Oh man, that's how he got out of the cave after three days. He punched his way out. Oh, I would love that. Well, he did heal people. Maybe he's healing them with his chi. <gasps> Mel, I think you're onto something here. Was Jesus I, the first Iron Fist? I, I, I have to say what Matt Murdock says at the end of, like, Stick's explanation is probably why he doesn't want to be involved in this. And it's something that Claire Temple told, told Luke, like, early in the past few episodes. is like, yeah, you want to go to war, but there are casualties here. Mm-hmm. And 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 there is an argument to be said if, if they just let, if they just left New York with their loved ones, maybe they'd be better off. Like that's yeah, that's but everyone like, else would die. I mean, but, they could leave but, New York with their loved ones, but everyone else in Manhattan at least would would be killed. But you see the I see the logic of Matt Murdock from a personal sense, from a grander from a grander scale. Like the math doesn't add up, but going through what Matt's gone through just in the last couple of months, you understand why he's more than less than less than gung ho about getting back into this fight. Yeah. yeah, he had his dad and his girlfriend die in his arms. I mean, you know. That's... Yeah, this is why I don't know. This is why I, I guess I'm not with everybody about how whiny Matt is in this episode. I was I, even like in this scene, he like chokes up a little bit talking about the people that he, you know, that, he, that he's lost. You know, yeah, I agree. And I'm with sure that. he's thinking yeah, about I, Electra. I think he's. Um, I don't think he's wrong. I can understand it from his point of view, but I do think uh, he and uh, he is a bit whiny, <laughs> and I, I say that as you know a big Matt fan. Um, but it makes sense. It makes sense for his character at this point. Yeah, he is the mo- he is the most like war torn of all of them. Like, like L- Luke and Iron Fist have been through stuff, but they and they've lost people. But like Matt's been through way way too much, and I think it's kind of sad because out of all of the original of the four defenders, he meaning for hero hero was the most pure. He mm-hmm. he wanted to defend his city, but he kind of realizes that he can't. And that's why he, and that's why he doesn't want to get it back in the fight. Well, that's just me. Well, he can defend his city, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can protect the people that he loves. Because he was defending yeah. his city, but he still lost Electra. He didn't lose his dad due to any of the hand stuff, did he? No, no. that was due to his dad not throwing the fight. I know, but I wasn't sure if that was connected to the hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, if Pompeii and Chernobyl are connected to the hand, I think anything is connected to the hand at this point. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's true. And I think I think we need to mention too. Out of all of the four defenders, I think Matt has like he takes it more he takes it more personally than most would. Like he he doesn't handle loss well. No. In the comics or in this, and I think that's why he's you know you know wanting to get back to his nice loft and just you know drink his sorrows away. Maybe maybe Jessica can loan him his her flask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Jessica is, uh, has gone back to the Raymonds. She's gone to check on Michelle and her daughter. And this is when she says, oh, you know, you might be right about the conspiracy. And we get the reveal, obviously, that their house is being watched by this guy in the car. I was expecting her to pick up the back of that car like she did in, in her series. Yeah. Uh, I like that like she like, totally tricks him, like, by yeah. kind of walking one way, and then she just runs back after him. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um... <laughs> In the in the Royal Dragon, Matt is moping 
at the window. And this is where we get little love hearts in Danny Rand's eyes when he gives Luke his last dumpling. Like someone needs to make make a picture of that just with the the hearts in his eyes. He's so I'm gonna put that as the picture, I think, for this episode. (laughs) There is so much love there. He's like, Oh, my BFF. It's so cute. And I love Luke's begrudging, like, I don't know what the way word would be, like, endearment of Danny Man. Like, you won't, you won't say it to Danny, but you can kind of tell, he's kind of tickled by him. Yeah. He's amused by him. Yeah. Because he's, I mean, who's not amused by a puppy? He's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Small puppy, I'll take this off of you. Uh, and, and, it, and it makes sense that Danny needs to like, like get a lot of energy to summon his cheese. So that's probably why his metabolism is probably higher than most. Mm, that's true. Uh, that's I'm gonna use that as an excuse for why I eat so much. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I order seconds, I'll be like, hey, I it takes a while for me to you know recharge my chi. And he still has those washboard abs, lucky bastard. Wish I had that kind of power. <laughs> Uh, I love to order cheaties. I, I just rewatched that little scene, and it's like, yeah, the the hearts in Danny's eyes are just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so over the top. Because one of one of my problems with Danny, not so much problems, is that I I love that Danny kind of knows how how annoying his personality can be. So any chance that he can like, actually get a, gain a friend is like. He, he's all on board for something like that. Because the dude that I think he knows how annoying he sounds to other people. <laughs> so, like, like, that's why he, he 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 gravitates to, like, people that actually do kind of like him. Yeah. That's just something I picked up on. I hope he gets that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> With this so no, that would, no that, that would be on Game of Thrones, sir. This isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's true. So Stick approaches Matt and says that he's glad Matt found others. And I was thinking, well, you've told him his entire life not to find other people, Stick. So, yeah. you know. Um, and then they talk about crossing paths with Electra. Um, and then Matt is convinced, uh, says he couldn't hear her heartbeat, uh, but he's convinced she's still in there somewhere. And then they hear the tires screech. It's just, I don't know, like, again, it's so, it's so good with Matt. I just, uh, you know, uh, he's talking to this one person that's known him all his life and this is the one person like he's kept this whole electro secret to himself because i mean i don't know like how does he even begin to explain it to these other people mm-hmm. but well, like, yeah. stick gets it you know and and i i just like he's like emotionally like fucked up because it's like she died in my arms and now like is she dead what what is happening mm-hmm. yeah you know? And and she wouldn't be and she wouldn't be like she is now if I didn't save her. Very much a Captain America fucky thing. Because even though it's not audibly said, Cap blames himself for not being able to save Bucky all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like, I I think the the only issue and this this comes up all the time, like you're saying, like Captain America fucky thing, and and this this is kind of a regular trope. Like you just don't tell these people what's really going on. But what ends up happening is that it backfires on them because now Electra's going to show up and they're going to have to fight Electra and he's going to want to defend her and there's you know so it's all the stuff that it's kind of like uh, uh, 
I know. Uh, well, that's, that's why it's called. That's what it. That's the name of the show. That's why it's called Defender. And yep. Defenders. <laughs> it's Defend and, Her. Oh. And bring, to bring and to bring this around Family Guy again. Oh, oh Peter please Griffin do. Going, oh, be Peter Griffin going. Ah, there it is. You said it. There it is. Yeah. That's the title. There it is. <laughs> I. I didn't mention this. The reason why everybody doesn't tell their backstory, one, it would be too long, and two, like, who would believe that lying down in a fish tank would give you unbreakable skin? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Danny, like, Danny doesn't mind, Danny doesn't mind telling it because he has a sense of pride about how he earned his powers. Everybody else is like, it's too weird and you wouldn't believe it anyways. Well, Jessica doesn't even know how she got her powers. So she, there's not really even a, a tale there because it's like, oh, I was in a car crash and now I'm super powered, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so Jessica sneaks up on the car man and drags him out the window. And this this must be really painful when she's pressing him against the windshield so hard uh, it breaks. Yeah. Ow! Oh. And did you guys see in the subtitles the languages that were being spoken on the radio? Yeah, I yeah. Heard, I saw Japanese, but I couldn't. I can't pronounce the other one. It's uh, Yoruba. No, it's Yoruba. Y O R U B A. I've never heard that word before, so I don't know what, what country that's from. I think it's I'm assuming Af- that it's African dialect. I think. Oh, so I, so so Somali's people then. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. so. Why? Yeah. So because they've heard the 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 tires screeching. Danny tells the waiters to hide in the back of the restaurant. That was nice of him, seeing as they've been serving you all night, Danny. <laughs> He's like, okay, go and have a rest now. So Luke is uh, watching the car out of the window, and Matt's listening to the guns cocking, and then Stick smells Alexandra, and she's just chilling out at this table. <laughs> How did she get in there without anybody noticing? That was, that was my thing. She can teleport. Yeah. yeah. She's the hand. She, Matt, Matt, Sometimes can't. He had to train himself to hear them. So yeah, she's like the queen right. of the house. He's off his game. But, yeah. By the by the by the way, props to the effects people for like doing something they didn't do in Daredevil season one or season two. Like like visually show the audience when Matt's using his powers and what what his powers can actually do. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that much in Daredevil, the Daredevil series, so I'm actually quite glad they're doing it here. Like when you're trying to listen in. Yeah, yeah. I like what uh, Alexandra's wearing here. Uh, I was just gonna mention that. Yeah. I don't remember what she was <laughs> wearing. I don't notice what she's wearing, guys. It's oh, like fur-lined she... vest, trench coat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this fur-lined. Yeah, this length, this full-length, floor-length jacket thing, <laughs> sleeveless, but she's wearing like a white top underneath. It's very. It's it's I don't know like I didn't want to like it but I really do. <laughs> I'd like one. Well, Tommy says in the scene with Alexandra like Alexandra she never goes anywhere expecting battle like she doesn't no. do battle like no so like she'll she'll dress for like how she wants to dress because she's more of a a um. She's like she a negotiator, and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and talker rather than a fighter. Which <laughs> yeah, she like, has people to do that for her. There's no need for her to do it. Why, like, she's, like, so confident that she'll just walk in alone to yeah. Uh, yeah. their nest, basically, the hero's nest. But, uh, and yeah, I think at one point she has trouble opening a bottle of pills. So, yeah, I don't think she has, like, super strength or anything. She's yeah, not like Gal. 
we've seen Gao actually have some powers, but like I think I think one of the things too is she she she's dealt with heroes before, and until she runs across Punisher, she she she's never actually met a hero that will shoot first and then ask questions later. So I think that's another reason why she's so confident. She probably dealt with Kit Kit Harrington and uh, Pompeii. Uh, <laughs> probably. Oh, that film. So this, this is, is also Be- this is Sigourney Weaver at her best, I think. I think this is one of the best guests <coughs> in MCU history, just because she doesn't do anything. Like much like in the like in the previous episode, all she does is talk, but her talk like carries so much weight behind it that she mm-hmm. doesn't even have to lift a finger. She doesn't have to do anything. I noticed that my my favorite thing about this scene is I noticed that finally there's someone taller than Sigourney Weaver in the room, and that's Luke Cage. <laughs> like every yeah, scene, she's yeah. towering. Like I, when she's standing next to Elektra, I'm like, man, Elektra is short. Like, no, 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 Sigourney's yeah. just tall. <laughs> one, one of the things I learned from speaking with Justin Eaton is that um, Scott Glenn is like six foot six foot one, which I never thought. Huh. I always think of him as being quite short, but he and but you Justin can't tell are saying on camera. Like on camera, he looks like five seven. No, I mean, I I never realized he was that tall because he they obviously match him to his his stunt double like Justin because they're the same height. I was like, really? I was thinking, is he that tall? Uh, what do yeah. you guys think about this idea that Stick says he will totally kill Danny if Danny leaves with Alexandra? I believe him. Yeah, I believe him Stick. too. <laughs> yeah, remember how we met Stick? Way early on in season one of Daredevil, like his first scene ever, where he just kills that guy in the elevator. Like mm-hmm. Stick is not shy about throwing it down. Oh no, definitely not. I love the fact because we got the little heart heart eyes from Danny earlier. Luke tells Alexandra to leave, and then he gives Danny a little nod, and it's yeah. like he's like, "I got oh. your back, I got your back, bro." And then yeah. Danny, that's when Danny backs away from her because his his boyfriend told him. I'm like, oh, they're so in love. I love it. I'm, I love how little confidence people have in Danny's ability to, like, resist. Like, everybody's telling Danny not to go and not to go. And he's reassuring everybody, guys, I'm not going anywhere. I just want answers. Like, people are not convinced that Danny can take no, care of himself. not at all. Well, yeah. He's not shown go- them a lot. I mean, they don't know him, first of yeah. all. And and in the short time they have known him, he really does behave like a child. Yeah. Because they and they don't know his backstory, they don't know what he's really been through. So they just don't get him and so I don't see why they would trust him either. They know? just to know him as a rich a rich guy, you know. He's yeah, like a rich exactly. guy in his suit. Yeah. To quit this, he really is like Peter Parker in high school. He might have yeah. been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like Danny's real problem is like he thinks way too much of himself, and he's, like, quick to anger. That's why he, he doesn't have, like, both fists light up when he accesses his chi. Like, his anger is one of his things that holds him back. Yeah. Mm. So, what did you guys think of this whole thing? Because it, it, it ends really quick, this episode. Electra like, kicks down the door, and we're like, uh-oh. And then, <laughs> obviously, we get our fourth defender back, taking care of Electra, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And oh. then, and I didn't realize until this episode that she pushed, she literally pushed the car into the restaurant. She wasn't, like, driving the car or anything. She no, pushed she the just, SUV yeah. into the damn restaurant. And, but before we get there, I want to mention props to the director for how he moved the camera in that scene when Alexander was talking. Moving it, but not, like, making a point of showing the audience that the camera's moving. 
because how the camera was moving around Alexandra was brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he's really good, Phil Abraham. I think he's one of the uh, really, he's one of my favourite directors that have worked on the shows. Um, yeah. Not too flashy, but I really, you know, I really like the stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, I, I, my favourite part of this ending is how after she throws the car through the, or pushes, whatever she did, uh, the car through the restaurant, by the way, uh, Danny's paying more now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she just like slowly walks by Electra, who's on the floor, and she just like yeah. sn- has that Jessica sneer on. And I was yep. like, yeah. <laughs> she gives her a look as if to say, because like, in the previous episode when she saw, uh, when she sort of fought Electra, it was like she was like, oh, oh no. I'm no longer the most badass female in the room. And then when she, yeah. like, stared at Electra at this point, she's like, who's badass now, bitch? She's like, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. We just threw a car at your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, was Electra, how was Electra supposed to take on all these people she could barely handle just Matt Murdock? But she couldn't yeah. handle uh-huh. Matt Murdock because of love. No. I mean, she was, well, she was, totally, was totally going to kill Matt. I mean, she was totally going to yeah. kill him. Well, I know, but it, it, it took her a while. Like he's he's held his own for a while, and now there's four of them. So mm, I true. agree with you, Matt. I'm a little I'm a little like annoyed that it's just like okay, we're at four episodes in, and we're we're just fighting Electra. Like that's what this series is about. Like I I guess we'll get a big showdown with Sigourney Weaver and some other people we don't know. Like okay, I don't know. It, just, it feels model. like it needs to be better than that or bigger than that. I bet. Well, yeah, and I don't. I don't see them as fighting Electra because she's, I mean, they've said it, she's just a weapon. Yeah, she's, she's not Electra. big bad. Yeah, she's not Electra. She is Black Sky, and she's literally just a weapon. She is not a big bad. She's just something they're using to fight these people. But I think, really, I think, allow, to me, Alexandra and the Hand is the big bad. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to Madden Robin's point. I think it's a really hard juggling act. And I'm talking as a writer and as a fan to move the story along in a mini series or in a Netflix series like this, but not have it feel too too quick. It's it's not an easy balancing act to do. And quite frankly, I wouldn't want to do it because, like a lot of fans, right, you would want to keep the story going, but at the but at the same time, you do need a lot of like long moments. It's a hard balancing act to do. I see both sides of it. Hmm. Cool, and that was the end of the episode, guys. They're ready to fight Electra in the next one. Well, and, yes. and Alexandra. <laughs> Until somebody punches her through a wall. <laughs> and <laughs> we just do this again. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or, or Luke just picks up Electra by the ankles and throws throws her around Loki style like in Avengers. That, oh, <laughs> that would be beautiful. I'd love that. I, I am the Black Sky, you told me. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we would usually do Easter eggs. However, guys... There were no Easter eggs for this episode. What? <laughs> well, the oh, only one Easter I dumplings. the only one I could find was the one about that Lauren Weeks tweeted about the um, you know the decor the set decoration, uh, and uh, yeah, that was it. And I've already told you that one. I'm just gonna say, you know, Marvel listens to Defenders podcasts, and I was here planted as the biggest Easter egg. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> exactly. Part of the, hand. <laughs> the biggest Easter egg is that Tammy is the hand, not just a member of the hand. She's the whole hand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. the palm. She's the one that holds all the fingers in the hand. Together. No, Tammy mm-hmm. is the finger, and she's that finger. <laughs> yes. You know, the one you're thinking of is yeah. that one. Yeah, that's the one. Oh. <laughs> well, don't forget Melanie Gow is one of these fingers. Too, uh, so. It's true. It's true. Yeah, we did share a hand. 
You've been keeping this quiet, Melanie Gal. Come on, Mel, tell me, hold hands. Just hold hands. <laughs> Just hold hands and skip down the sidewalk together. Clap, it's really right. exciting. Yes. Right, well, now it is time for quotes. Uh, Melanie Gal, you can go first if you have any. I don't, I don't have any, it's okay. I'm going. My favorite line of the whole episode is from, of course, the greatest kids. Jesus, am I the only one that doesn't know Goddamn Karate? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, There's a lot of like really good Jessica ones in this. Like, I think they write her so well. Uh, Marco Ramirez and Doug Petrie. Uh, Matt, do you want to go next? Uh, I don't know if I have it exactly, but it's like... Good evening or good morning, depending on your life choices. Yes. Something like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robin. I have a couple exchanges. Uh, I'll do this one. Um, Danny, are those pork? Matt, no, they're shrimp. This guy's got pork. Danny says, great. And Jessica looks at Matt and says, gosh, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's that true. as well. Oh, Tammy. Uh, I'll do Luke. Look, I'm not looking for super friends. Oh. Yeah, you would definitely do Luke, wouldn't you, Tammy? Um, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have one from Danny, which is, whoa, she is very strong. I was like, yes, well done, Danny. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, I also like Jessica's, what are you? What are you on lithium? That was great. Uh, who's uh, the, yeah, go on, Robin. Oh, come on, we, I got to do this one. Uh, why are you here, Stick? Because this one, the immortal Iron Fist, living weapon and protector of the ancient city, is still a thundering dumbass. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've got the um, a Danny and Matt exchange, which is, I've lost plenty in this war. Don't talk to me like I'm some kid. Don't act like some kid. What did you say? Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that helping it's not healthy today's case of looking, not looking mature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really not healthy. I have an exchange as well between Matt and Danny, which is Matt says, she just left. Danny, you use your powers. Matt, no, just met her. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about Jessica Jones. Though. I love transparent shakes like that, though. I love, like, you can just tell within, like, five minutes of meeting Jessica Jones. <laughs> pretty much all you need to know about Jessica Jones as a person. Mm-hmm. I have um uh, another one, which is Alexandria. Go on, my child. Serve life itself. <laughs> like, she's so fucking evil. My child. <laughs> that's that's what you would say to your daughter before the big soccer match, yes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Serve <laughs> oh, itself. Tammy, please yeah. say that to Josie before she goes to school tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Just as you Boy. send her on her way, just say, go, my child. Serve life itself. She'll be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, she's watching Defenders, so she would know what it means. <laughs> yes, and also do that when she's like, like coloring in a rainbow or something. Yes, <laughs> for serving life itself. Yes, you can you can apply that to any you can apply that to anything. It's like the circle of life from Lion King. You could just put that line in almost anything. It would perfectly. Right, guys. Yeah, I'm just gonna tar- start calling her Black Sky from now on. <laughs> I did. I did say she looks like a little mini Elodie Young, uh, didn't I? So she yeah. could be little mini Black Sky. Right, guys. Now it is time to vote for who is the defender of the week of the episode. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what the, the ratings are on uh, Facebook and Twitter so far, but it's pretty close, guys. Just going to say. I, I would have. To, I would have to say, um, 
And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this unbiasedly. I need to mention that because I love this character. Um, Jessica Jones. Okay. Uh, Robin. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I've been I've been defending him this entire episode, oh, so I'm just going to put a vote in for Matt. Cool. Aww. Because Matt rocks. And he needs a win, guys. He needs a win. He really he's, does need a win. He's got to earn it. He's got to earn a win. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Um, I don't know. They didn't. Most of them just sat in that restaurant, so I'm going to give it to Jessica. <laughs> even even though she, I was bummed that she left the party, she still like, you know, found out some stuff <laughs> and then came back triumphantly. Uh, Melanie Gal. I'm giving it to that Chinese food for powering up the defenders. I'll give it to Jessica. <laughs> so one for the pot stickers and one for Jessica Jones. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm so hungry. Tammy Tam. <laughs> what? Tammy Tam. It's me. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I am going to say Jessica because I I have little hearts in my eyes for Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Men must love that she only has to really wear just one outfit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's probably like loads and loads of the same outfit just for like doubles and just in case. Yeah. But she must really love the fact that she only has to like wear jeans and like a sweater and a jacket. Yeah, yeah, but most comfortably dressed uh, person yeah. there. I, I yeah. don't want to like sound like a like the, a gross guy in the podcast, but you guys call out uh, Luke all the time. I'm looking hot. Uh, mm-hmm. When Jessica got home and she pulled off that leather jacket, she had that little sweater. I was like, girl. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's totally hot. Come on. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. we know we know that she gets a second outfit in Jessica Jones season two. Yeah. I I, yeah. I reported that news. The the shocking yeah. news. No, no disrespect to the makeup people, but there's no way you can make Kristen Ritter look homely. Like it's impossible. I like that that she actually like did shit this episode. Like, and uh, everyone else just had conversations and ate dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I well, well, Jessica had dinner. It's called whiskey. Yeah, it's <laughs> whiskey. Uh, I am shockingly not going to vote for Jessica. I want to. But I got so much pleasure from the little hearts in who I'm going to vote for's eyes at Luke Cage. It it filled my heart with joy. I want to buy them. I, I just I, I just love them. I want to see them go on little friend dates, go to the cinema, share some popcorn, share a little milkshake with two straws. It'll be so cute. Uh, so I'm going to vote for Danny this week. Are they shockingly. Are they the next like Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen bromance? Oh. Oh, photos oh, of them hanging out, like wearing matching little bowler hats in New York. Oh, it'd be so cute. See, see, see a see a double see a double team like table tennis match with Benedict Cumberbatch and Hiddleston with with Mike Coulter and Ben Jones. Look, Hiddleston and Cumberbatch ain't got nothing on these two. They're adorable. They're precious. I love them. I felt bad for Mike Coulter though because he got stuck with the job in this episode of being like the reactionary character. Which is kind of an underservice to his character, but it, it needed to be somebody. But like, I felt, I felt kind of bad that he didn't really have much to do in this episode. Yeah, I think it, it kind of, he kind of does that a lot, though. I think anyway, because you know he's he doesn't want he's a character that doesn't want to be noticed a lot. He doesn't want to bring unwanted attention to himself because you know he doesn't want to be in trouble and all this kind of thing. So I think it kind of suits him being this yeah. reactionary I, I character. I feel I guess. like. Luke's comes off as the most mature person in the room. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just, you know, and I don't know if it's just because... Oh, I didn't hear the end of what you said, Tammy. Saying I don't know if it's the way that they write him or if they write him, uh, Luke, that way because of everything he's been through in his life and that makes him more mature. Mm-hmm. But he just always comes off as, like, the most adult person no matter who he's in the room with. Yeah. No, I, I, he's the alpha dog. Well, I yeah. think, it, oh, I think it, it, to, to your point, Tammy, I think out of all four of the Defenders, he's the one that has embraced his his superhero persona yeah. more than anyone. He embraced being the hero of Harlem, even though yeah. Claire, Claire Temple doesn't necessarily want him to be. But he's the one that's embraced, that embraced his persona, and I she, think that's, she should, that's something... She should with. just uh, break up with him, is what she should do. I yeah. think... <laughs> Definitely. I think we should just break up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so with the uh, so votes this week is Luke, no points. Poor Luke. Aww. Poor Aww. buddy, don't worry, you'll get some points. Matt with one point. <laughs> Second place, Danny, four points. Wow. Jessica, first place, eight points. Jessica! Woo! And honorable mention to the pot stickers, because the pot stickers did get a point from <laughs> yes. now. So that counts. So now we're going to rate the episode. Um, uh, Tammy, do you want to go first? Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I really like this episode. I um, Although I came out on <laughs> the bad side of things, um, I, I, I really just had fun. Uh, the fact that someone was named Murakami, I don't know. I, just started, <laughs> I, I think I messaged you immediately when that happened. You were very excited. Um, it was it was funny to me. Uh, I am hoping to get out of the restaurant next episode because I feel like you know the one episode was enough. I do enjoy it, but it was enough. Um, and I feel like things aren't really moving along for a, a series that only has eight <laughs> episodes. We're already <laughs> four episodes in, and it's uh it's a little slower than I thought it would be, but mm-hmm. it's still good. I'm enjoying it. It's just it, um, have you watched Twin Peaks more? Yeah, have you seen the yeah. new Twin Peaks? I don't need to talk about that. Because have you seen the first half? Uh, of Jessica, have you seen the first half of Jessica Jones? Because that was pretty d- it was slow. Oh, oh nothing, it, it, nothing, nothing, nothing moves slow compared to the new Twin Peaks. No, nothing. nothing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, um, this so, is free. Yeah. So I will I, take this over that. Hey um, y'all wanted sure. Twin Peaks. Hey y'all wanted Twin Peaks back. You got it back. No, I didn't. <laughs> we still yeah. want it back. <laughs> We're waiting yeah. still. Wait yeah. until wait, wait. wait until everyone sees the last season of Quantum Leap. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> last season is amazing. Love it. Go go Tammy, go. We'll, we'll, we'll see okay. So I'm gonna give this episode um I'm gonna give it seven and a half out of ten uh Moon Bears. Aww. Dead moon bears on your counter, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt? Uh, I'll give it 7.5 out of 10 moon crater belly buttons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moon-themed ratings this week. Okay. Yeah. Mel, you're next. Uh, <laughs> speak, speaking of moon bears, I'm going to give it uh, 7 out of 10 evil pieces of shit. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to talk which about Tammy. Come on. Which was another, which was another oh, great quote that we didn't mention. But yeah, that was a great line reading. That was yeah, a good quote, yeah. Really good. yeah. 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 Uh, Robin? Yeah, uh, I... 
I'm really enjoying seeing these characters play off each other. It's a lot of fun. So I I can't rate it as low as you guys. Although we could use a we could have used a fight. I would have loved to you know have one of these guys actually lose their temper with the other person and have a little bit of a scuffle or something. Um, so uh, I'm just giving it uh, uh, nine out of ten uh, dogs that look like Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's also a defender, so we have to figure out what dog he is. I have to, I have to be, I, I have to quantify this because I like, I want to be fair in every aspect. Like rewatching this episode, I understand why it doesn't get a lot of love, just because there is a lot of talking, not a lot of action. But, it, uh, but I like, but I like dialogue, dialogue scenes in action series. I have to give this six and a half, um, six, six and a half pot stickers, just because it's. Good in some parts, but other parts, eh, it could be better. But, you know, not a bad episode by any means. Cool. Uh, I'm going to give it... I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I, As I said going into this series, I wanted it to just be them, uh, you know, talking back and forth and, um, you know, just talking about their issues and sniping back and forth and stuff. I love all that stuff. I wish Jessica had been around for more of it, Um but it's great, that moment at the end. That's oh, it's fantastic. I love that moment uh, when she comes in. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I uh, We've got some other scenes, like the one with Electra and the one with Alexandra, which are fine, but this is really all about the team coming together. Um, I don't enjoy it as much as last week. I can't remember what I gave last week, though, but I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Little heart eyes. Yeah. Of course, Aww. had to had to be done. And, and, and I had to and I had to ask Tammy a question. Are, are you gonna put that moon moon bear skin rug on your daughter's like door? In her bedroom? <laughs> Whoa, oh, God. that's like psychopathic. I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll record a sword and scale episode about you, Tammy. Exactly. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and 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 then, and then and then Tammy will do like her Deadpool like. Holiday shirt, just put that moonskin rug. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> right, so that gives this episode an average of 7.5 out of 10. A thoroughly decent rating, as I always yeah. say. Uh, yeah. Right, so now it is time for feedback. I think we have a couple. I have one from Sedna for you, Mel. Okay. But would someone like to read Nutties? Uh, we've got an email from her. I'd love to. I think this episode is what I've been waiting for since the season started. I love how everyone is interacting with each other. I also really dig how they end each episode in a way that makes you want to jump into the next episode. Good for binge watching. I'm sure it's much more uh, frustrating for our newbies. I can't binge because I'm watching with tech, but at least I don't have to wait a whole week between episodes. I'm loving Jessica in this, and Luke is pretty great too. I continue to be impressed with Alexandra. Oh, and I think I forgot to mention last email, how hardcore Stick is for chopping off his own hand. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. I, really, I really hope they can keep this feeling going. In an episode with little action, they had this the excitement wrapped up, ramped up. Uh, so far, this is my favorite episode. I can't wait to see the next episode. I think I would want to quote the whole thing. Uh, Nuchus. Nice. Thanks, Nutty. And I can confirm Nutty has seen the whole series now because she's sent in feedback for every episode. Um, yeah, I'm about to just binge through the rest of this now. <laughs> <laughs> right, Sedna's email is in Skype uh, for you, Mel. It begins with all four characters. Okay. 
Uh, you might, you might want to have a drink of water before. There's quite a bit of shouting in it. Sorry. Uh, oh, that's that, that's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> all four characters' colors combine in the royal dragon's audible to Matt neon sign. <laughs> and we have the most awesome getting to know you episode! As Jess and Luke, Luke catch up, Danny flaunts his black card in conversational Mandarin. And Matt lies about knowing Electra. Can anyone guess how that's going to pan out? <laughs> yep. Great, isn't it? Great, absolutely great. No problems. No problems at all. And reluctantly comes out. Of course, Jess has figured him out already. Danny apparently thinks a blind person being able to fight is unbelievable. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Does he not listen to himself and that fucking ancient lost city dragon stuff? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so we meet another finger of the hand. <laughs> There's so many fingers. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Why did Murakami ship the dead bear to New York before gutting it? <laughs> Big question. So he could show off in front of Alexandra. <laughs> I would love a deleted scene of him going through JFK Airport with just put that dead bear over his shoulder. <laughs> Do you have anything to declare? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't have a dead bear in there. You don't. You don't need to look in there. Stick looking like Paul Weller after a hard afternoon's paintballing, <laughs> and whose chopped off hand, whose chopped off hand stump hangs so low it's about as convincing <laughs> as the average Amdram Panto Captain Hook. <laughs> Defers to the Iron Fist, but isn't so deferential to not call him a thundering dumbass. Nice. (laughs) Danny's role has worked out as the plot MacGuffin treasurer. Admirer of the others and butt of jibes. Perfect. After everyone except Matt gets to trade platitudes with Alexandra, Electra's starting to remember stuff, and she's here to fight in her gorgeous swishy black coat. Except, yay, Jess is back amongst it again, hefting the SUV through the window, cool as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sedna. I uh, I have to agree with uh, with Sedna. I really want that coat of Electra's. It's so pretty. Even Electra needs to be fashionable when she fights. Of I course. Guess she gets that from Alexander. She's got to look beautiful and badass. Okay, so next week we are covering episode five, which is called Take Shelter. Electra's loyalties are questioned. Colleen clashes with an old acquaintance. I wonder who that is. Hmm. And Luke proves he knows how to take a hit. So that is next week, guys. So uh, now I will thank Robin and Wu for being our guests this week. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. I had a lot of fun. Wu, have you got anything to promote online? Can people follow you on Twitter? or do you want People to can follow me on Twitter. I don't know why. At WSK9002. At WSK9002. If you recognize my voice, that's, that's because I was on a podcast called the Marvelverse Podcast. It's on hiatus because I legitimately do not have a computer to edit or record right now. But as soon as that final episode is out, I will let you know via social media. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Robin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I, I'm only doing one podcast right now. Uh, it's what? called We Don't Want to... We Don't... Yeah. We Don't Want to Wait. Well, actually, two. I do Redemption Cast now and again. I would... Talking Angel uh, with my friends uh, Illyrio, Kim, Steph, uh, etc. Is, is that Angel as in Joss Whedon's Angel? Is it that a yes? Okay. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. All right, uh, and uh, we don't want to wait. Uh, right now, I'm uh, in uh, the second season of Smallville, talking with Steph, just binging through Smallville. It's, it's a great time. What are you covering after Smallville? 
After Smallville, I don't know. In the, I'm in the second season, ten seasons. I have no plans after that. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, <laughs> no, done that on potential cast. So okay, okay, uh, cool. So uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt and Mel, um, do you want to promote your stuff? I know you're very happy that uh, Twin Peaks is over. Unfortunately, after all the looking forward to it coming back. It's fortunate. Don't worry. I think I think that's like a trend now that all the shows that we want to come back, we really didn't want them to come back. Heroes. The only one, the only one who pulled it off is uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, which perfectly captured Evil Dead too. Yeah. I point yeah, to that. I, I point to that when people say you can't bring an old thing back and have it. Work. Well, I th- I think it's like this trend now, like every old show that was canceled and then got a second chance, nobody's liked the re- the revival, so to speak, other than that one. Well, because most of mo- most of what they're cashing on is nostalgia, and nostalgia will only get you so far. Because <sighs> as audiences, you know, we're not the same audience as we were when watching the original thing like twenty odd years ago. And TV audiences are a lot more sophisticated now, and I think a lot of content creators don't realize that and think they can get away with doing the same stuff they were doing a long time ago. Uh, I don't think that in the case of Twin Peaks, but um, other shows that have come back. I think that this is, is the a case. message to anyone that wants to bring back Firefly. Tread lightly. <laughs> Tread oh, lightly. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, Matt and Mel, so what else have you got to... So you've recorded the final Twin Peaks, but you're going to be covering the book. Is that right? Nope. I doubt it. This has <laughs> put, put me off of Twin Peaks, and I hated that last book anyway. So unless unless I hear it's the greatest thing of all time, I'm not probably going to review it. I think uh, Matt and myself are pretty happy to take over the podcast for that week and review it for you. So we'll just pretend that we're your guys, we're you guys, if you want. If you want, you can record a podcast about it, and I'll publish it on the feed. <laughs> we might do, oh. <laughs> and that'll be fun. Uh, we'll get oh, Brad on and see if Caitlin will come on as well. And we'll just pretend like nothing else has changed. Yeah. <laughs> no, Claire, can I uh, plug one more thing? Yeah, sure. I'll be at the theater in two hours watching it, and I can't wait. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I can't wait. See you on Tuesday. Tuesday. Nothing but, uh, nothing but good. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing but good th- things about that. Like, I've heard nothing but good reviews. I'm not gonna see it in the cinema because I'm a big chicken when it co- comes to seeing horror movies in a darkened cinema. But I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I rewatched Mama the other night, which is by the same director. So, um, uh, oh, and I, I actually really like um, him as a director. I think he's uh, he's good at uh, particularly at directing children, so that makes me look forward to this one of it because I've heard the child performances are really strong. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay, Tammy Tam, do you want to? Do you have anything you wish to promote? Uh, just uh, Calvici Fashion Cast, a Quantum Leap podcast where we talk about the fashion. It is a delight. Some of the fashions yes. are a delight, some of them are not, and it's fun. I'm, a, I'm still I'm still very bitter about how that show ended. If I ever meet the if I ever ever meet the creator of that show, I want to know why he ended this. Even for, outside of, of of the logistical reasons, which I won't get into, Tammy knows. I think what I'm talking about, how he actually wanted to end that series, because I'm so very bitter about that. Because I, I and, feel, and, and it, we've talked about it on the podcast, but like it's one of those shows they really could have just recast the show, and they could have continued to well they could much. have recast it like we said with Aubrey Plaza and Nick Offerman uh, and yeah. continued so <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Scott Bakula recently he hasn't really aged all that much in all this time no. so he could still do it uh, but anyway 
Anyway, right. that's my own personal rant. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so who wants to take us out with an Excelsior? Robin and Wu, do you want to count down? Oh, okay. honestly, I think Wu should just do it. Great ahead. Okay, okay. Um, I'm trying to do this the best I can. A lot of pressure. Forgive me if this is my first time. Excelsior! Awesome. Bye. See you next week, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 3.0, Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!